I'm Ruth Sturkey and welcome to Money Expresso, no-froth conversations exploring money and life. Money is a story, an energy, a source of happiness and well-being, as well as being a source of fear and anxiety. Many of us struggle to see that money is just a means to an end and that the decisions we make and the habits we build around money can change our life and the lives of others. Why are so many of us inhibited when it comes to talking about money? That's what I'd like to explore. Listen as my guests from all walks of life share their stories and how money has impacted their journey. My hope is these shared experiences will help you think differently about money and ultimately make better money and life decisions. Hello and welcome to Money Expresso. How was your summer? I bet it already feels like a distant memory. Um, Forgive my absence, I took the summer off and basically enjoyed the sunshine and um, had a few holidays, which was a huge amount of fun and a very fortunate thing to be able to do. Now, in this episode, I reflect on season two and the wonderful guests who gave their time to talk to me and you. A huge thank you to them all. There were so many great moments and very wide-ranging conversations, albeit there were a few recurring themes which I'd like to revisit today, which seem to be around a life well-lived and the essence of success. Now, a question I asked a number of my guests was, what does real success look like, or, or words to that effect? And I'd like to start first with Kathy Harrison, and then move on to Holly Ryan, who both brought a sense of the now to their answer. I, I often talk to people about what about what does success look like? And I, I kind of like to just say, what does real success look like? What, what's that like for Kathy Harrison? Oh, do you know what? I had, um, I've got a journal and, you know, another six minute diaries and you do three yeah. on the morning and three on an evening. And mm-hmm. at the weekend, that asked me, what, what did, um, what did I see as success? And I'm trying to remember what I wrote because <laughs> it was, it was really surprisingly difficult to kind of, to pin it down. Um, because there is obviously, I think, as humans, there is a financial driver and, mm-hmm. as you know, alluded to at the start of our chat, um, definitely is for me as well in terms of kind of that security and kind of a little boy so not that I think money is a success but it's definitely um something that is on my mind for you know kind of growing the business and making sure that I've got that that security blanket for for me and Harrison as he grows up Mm. um and then it's really hard because I guess for a lot of people, success would be being able to retire, but I couldn't imagine anything worse <laughs> than really. stopping working. Yeah, I can agree. Um, and I think, I don't know, I don't know if it sounds, um, I don't know if I'm, you know, just asking for trouble by saying this. I kind of feel like things already are my definition of success in that I get up every day, I get to do a job that I love, I get to flex my hours so I do still work ridiculously hard but they because it's my business they can be whichever hours I need them to be so I'll happily work silly o'clock in the morning and silly o'clock at night and spend the time with my little boy in between Mm. so actually if there was anything that I would need to change about my life to consider it successful right now I'm not sure that there would be I guess it's um it's more about what else I can keep doing with Verve and the people that work within it I think that's going to be kind of my long-term measure of success. It's, I, I mean, I, all of my biggest ambitions are emotional ones. So it, it, it's definitely not me 
driving a Porsche down a country road in somewhere that is very middle class. It's it's more probably me on holiday with my kids mm-hmm. uh, laughing at our own jokes, probably. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, I think just, just I think su- success is essentially doing something that you really bloody love doing, which I still do. I, I literally, I love coming into the office. I, every Monday morning, I'm so happy to be here and I, I feel so lucky that I can say that. Um, mm. Yeah. And next, let's listen to Claire Fielding and Neil Bage, both of whom spoke about legacy, with Neil painting an incredibly evocative picture of real wealth, contentment and success. Well, so I think finance, finances and money is probably a part of it, isn't it? But, but, but what would I define as, as success? Being a happy, productive um, person with friends making a contribution to society and probably giving back by the end of your days maybe at least maybe laying some claim to have given back more than you took out i think maybe that's a worthy life success is a such a loaded word as well um (laughs) you know i've been doing my own thing for a long time now and one thing that I'm not doing it for is to get rich. Mm-hmm. Um, at, fund, at, at Shaping Wealth, we have this, um, we have one model in essence, which is funded contentment for everybody. And funded contentment is the ability to underwrite a life that is meaningful to you. So it's not about rich, which is just the accumulation of more. Mm-hmm. It's about being wealthy. It's about being able to live the life that you want to live. And, and 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 being able to underwrite that so let me, let me tell you a really quick story to mm. illustrate this point before i moved back up to the northeast which temporarily um i lived and will move back to the isle of Wight, and the pace of life there is amazing and i i just love being there by the sea which is what makes me happy anyway i remember one day so this must have been four four maybe five years ago um, my wife and I, and our little dog, Archie, we went and sat on the beach as the sun was going down. And we had our little portable barbecue next to us. I had a glass of red wine in my hand, a couple of burgers on the barbecue. Me and Sandy and Archie just sat watching the sun going down. It was warm weather. And in that moment, the, the feeling I had was so, so strong. Mm. I thought... There is no amount of money in the world that could buy this feeling from me now. It was the first time, I think, in my life I've been able to recognize contentment. I was utterly content. Uh, you know, and, and this, I mean, it's a morbid phrase to use, but I could have died in that moment and I would have died a happy man. Yeah. Because it was just everything I needed in my life was, was around me. And it made me think, I don't need money. Uh, sorry, I don't need a, a lot of money to to have this type of experience Mm. so i don't need to gather i don't need a bigger car a bigger house another watch a a better whatever whatever Mm. it was in that moment that i understood for me that actually with sandy and archie and the the experience around me 
I felt in that moment like I was the wealthiest man alive. You know, it, it was it was just it was the feeling was was palpable, and so I started to figure out. Oh, this is what contentment feels like. Different to happiness. Yeah. This is what this is a this is what contentment feels like. And so, to to your question, initially when I started my businesses, I thought success was selling a business for ten million, twenty million, fifty million pounds. It's not about that at all. Yeah. Success for me is it's changed. And, and now it's about two things. One, affording me or, or giving me the ability to underwrite a life that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. One. And second, it's about me leaving a mark or a legacy, if you like. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you think of, I'm sure you're aware of the starfish parable. Um, Tell the, us. It, 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 the starfish parable, great, great parable. Guy walking down a beach. In the distance, you can see someone walking um, up from the shoreline into the sand, picking things up, going back to the sea, throwing them in the sea, and repeat, repeat, repeat. And he's wondering, I wonder what this guy's doing. And he walks down, and he realizes when he gets there that the tide has brought in hundreds of starfish, and the tide's gone out, the sun's come up, and the starfish are, are dying. And he's picking them up one by one and throwing them back into the sea to save their lives. And he says to the guy, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm trying to save the, the starfish. And he goes, but look at them, there's hundreds of them. You're not going to make a difference. And he holds his hand out and he shows him a starfish and he says, it makes a difference to this one. Mm. And when I read that parable, that became a guiding light for me in business. I don't need to change the world, Ruth. Mm. But if I can leave a legacy, if I can make a material change or, or have a material impact, sorry, on another human being's life, and allow them the opportunity to live a life that's meaningful, that, for me, is success. Another theme that shone through was the pleasure that comes from giving and philanthropy. Let's hear from two guests. Uh, firstly, Tom Alubi, who answers my question, given his philanthropy and giving tips. And then let's have a look at Chris Budd, whose answer relates to my question, which asks what is his best buy for under £30, which shines a beautiful light on joy. Um, a question I'd love to ask you, Tom. Um, I've been a financial planner for years and I've been lucky enough to, to uh, talk to a number of clients who are have got more than enough for their own lives and to set their children up well. And I've always struggled with opening a conversation around philanthropy or giving. Um, and I kind of look inwards and I wonder why that is. And I think it might be because I feel a little bit like I don't want that person on the other side of the table to feel that I'm in somehow making a judgment about their choice to give or not to give. Um, but I wonder how you see the subject of philanthropy and if you were, uh, how might you help me or other people within the financial planning profession kind of open up those conversations? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that um, I would suggest that you might want to find for other philanthropists and have them 
share their share their stories. Um, so I suppose if I was doing it, I'd probably be saying to the person across the table, um, yeah, ah, you remind me of Sue or or Jim or whoever it was. Mm. Their you know, their financial affairs are very similar to your financial affairs. Actually, they're doing some interesting things in philanthropy uh, at the moment. Um, so yeah, you might do you want to have a look at what they're doing and see whether it sparks any ideas. Uh, for you, because what you find with successful people, they will often want to be successful in whatever field they get into. So it, it it's just it's just a new challenge to them, mm. uh, and um, uh, and so if they've had a great challenge in their business career, uh, and then they think about where they can have an impact, um, you're you're almost kind of asking them. What sort of impact do they want to they want to have in uh, in their lives? A lot of entrepreneurs are, are are fighting to to make a dent in in the world, in the universe, in some way. You know, whether they're successful or not, they're not actually doing it to try and make as much money as possible. You know, some are, but uh, and and if entrepreneurs do, then then that's that's great. There's no problem with that. But often what they're doing is they they want to have an impact. And if that impact turns out to be their philanthropic activities, then that's perfectly fine and legitimate as well. So mm. I don't think that there's any reason to sort of lean back from from that conversation and mm. i don't actually think that the person on the other side of the table will particularly see it as a, as a, a a judgment um it's mm. it's just uh, another another conversation that comes in into the mix and and it's often quite welcome and yeah. often what they're you know, what they what they're doing you know they they are probably most wealthy people or reasonably wealthy people are doing some sort of philanthropy, even if it's in a very haphazard way. They're, they're giving you know, a few hundred pounds here, a few thousand pounds here um, mm. uh, to causes. Uh, and in a sense, what you might be helping them do is just get some shape on that. What mm. matters to them? Mm. Um, yeah, and the, often the guilt I find can come when you know you have resources and there are so many ways in which you could um, give. There are so many causes that you, you, you almost feel helpless and you feel guilty that you're not helping everyone. Yeah. Uh, and so if someone can help shape that for you and say, you know, it isn't your job to help everyone, you're, you, what, what you should do is think about what matters to you because it's much better if this is sustainable for the long term. So what matters to you now and will continue to matter to you for the next five, 10 years, and then focus your philanthropy on that. And don't worry about the other stuff because on the one hand, there'll be other wealthy people that worry about the other stuff and they focus there. And on the other hand, the example of what you're doing will inspire some other people to act in those other areas. So it's almost better that you do what you do about something you're passionate about and let people see that you're doing it and that will inspire others to follow your example. 
Well, that's quite an easy one, actually. Uh, that's a book, and mm -hmm. it's called The Book of Joy. Ah. And it's um, a, a transcription of a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu that took place at the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday about five years ago. Um, there's also a documentary there, cameras rolling at the same time. Um, it was actually on quite recently, so maybe I'm catching up. I saw it actually, Chris. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Utter joy, isn't it? Mm. Utter joy. Um, apart from the fact that the two of them are hilarious together. <laughs> um just constantly teasing each other they're just delightful yeah. but the book goes into a lot of lot more detail than, the, than the, the film does um and it just opened my eyes to certain things that were just so obvious and in many ways i think a lot of what we're doing in life is unlearning mm. it's a process of getting of stripping away the noise and the distractions that are around us and just getting back to the basic things um and so yeah that book absolutely blew me away it's been read several times it's full of annotations and notes uh, oh, I think it's absolutely wonderful, The Book of Joy. A particularly poignant moment came for me in the guise of a money pearl of wisdom and the importance of being kind to yourself, personal growth, recognising your own value and helping others. Let's listen to Nick Elston and his response. This is a podcast with a, with a, a, a money thread, I think it's fair to say. And I always wonder i think we've all got some money pearls of wisdom that we can pass on to others mm. what, what would yours be from your experience and or personally or for what you see around you yeah i, I think i certainly see a lot in, in in this is kind of going more from a professional i guess it's professional anger but with personal mm. roots that growing up in a family which we weren't poor but we also weren't very well off either that 200 quid to me was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So um, as I got into being kind of freelance and doing what I do now, actually it felt really, really uncomfortable to ask for more than a 200 pound, for example, yeah. especially to start with. And I think that, I guess the pearl of wisdom would be is, is firstly don't underestimate your value um, and also be prepared to evolve your commercial value as well. So, Things like imposter syndrome can be rife for people that start to charge a fee to do what they do. I think a lot of people understand that. Yeah. But um, if you allow it to evolve and grow with you, actually it becomes a lot more comfortable. But also be prepared to lose in that sense as well. And, um, I mean, this taps into something which is deeply personal, but I don't mind sharing with you. So I haven't got children. Mm -hmm. uh, and my way of creating legacy is by helping other people to try and do what I, I do in terms of uh, storytelling it and getting their stories out into the world. So how this relates to money is actually that I will decline uh, bookings if if they haven't got the budget for, for where I am right now. But I, I then use that opportunity to give other people a leg up that are a bit behind me on their journey. So yeah. I think what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to this, don't underestimate your value set a precedent and and don't necessarily bargain with that precedent. But if there's an out, always create an ecosystem where you help somebody else behind you if there's something that's not for you. And finally, as a reminder to us all of the fragility and importance of the one life that each of us get, listen to some heartfelt words from Sue Baker. You may remember Sue is a superwoman who thankfully is still with us having been diagnosed with terminal cancer about six years ago, and she was told that she would not survive to see the birth of her child Pip 
to her wife, Alex, over to Sue. And and that um, shortened horizon, I, I heard um, somebody saying on a podcast I was listening to the other day, um, uh, the, the, the quote that um, we all have a terminal uh, diagnosis, mm. but for most of us, we don't know when that's going to be, or we have an expectation that we're going to be 85 or whatever the age might be. And the uh, person on the podcast was saying that that informs how he therefore lives every day, just in the knowledge of that. Mm. And and one could say that that sounds like a really positive thing to say or mm. a bit of a glib thing to say. Um, it's absolutely your reality and you've been shunted into that way of thinking. But it does strike me that what you and Alex and Pip are doing is making sure that every day counts. Is, is that, is that a, a reasonable observation? Is that what it feels like for you? Yeah, it's a very astute observation. <laughs> yes, I think that, you know, we don't take time for granted. Mm. And I'm sure that there are many people who have a terminal illness hanging over them or, or have been given a shortened lifespan. You just don't, and actually none of us should, because mm. none of us know what's around the corner. None of us do, but there seems to be this, which isn't a bad thing, but the way we are as humans, our psychological makeup, and how this starts, I don't know. Is it genetic? Is it nature-nurture? I don't know, but we seem to be, as a human species, we seem to live our lives without that awareness that we're immortal. Mm. We seem to live our lives as if we have forever and that we're all... Immort- you know, none of us are going to be struck down, but all the stats would tell you the opposite. How many people get cancer? How many people? Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, there's there's loads of figures like that, and not you know, yes, that might be there might be an average life expectancy, but that is an average. Mm. Um, and it, I, I would never have thought about this until I was hit by cancer. But I, I think it is helpful to think, gosh, what am I going to do with my so many years working or so many years parenting, and what happens if I don't make it to sixty? Uh, do I want to make it to 80? Does it matter if I do? Does it matter if I don't? How do I live my best life yeah. with whatever time I have? And what's going to make me and my partner and my family happy? How do I live my best life with whatever time I have? And what's going to make me and my partner and my family happy? Wow, those are really, really moving words. And it is with these poignant and moving words that I draw to a close my time being host of Money Expresso. I've had a real blast and worked with some amazing and wonderful guests over the course of the last 18 months, which has been about 33 episodes. I'm going to take a step back now from Money Expresso as I take up my new role as chair of the Institute for Financial Wellbeing. It's time for me to pass on the baton on hosting Money Expresso and series three will start in the autumn with two new wonderful hosts. You can expect a host of new features and some more fascinating money and life conversations to listen to and explore. Watch out on the Paradigm Norton social media accounts for the announcement of when Money Expresso series three will be available. Now, while I'm on it, I'd love to say a huge thank you to Paradigm Norton for being such super supportive sponsors. 
I'd love to say a further thank you to all of my wonderful guests and the varied life stories that they've told me and the honesty with which they've answered my questions. And of course, most importantly, I'd like to say an extremely huge thank you to you, our listeners, for listening to our journey and supporting us so far. Have a great rest of the year and stay well. Bye for now. So that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I'd really appreciate it if you could take a couple of minutes of your time to go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast to subscribe, rate, and give a five-star review for Money Expresso. Apparently, this helps more people to find the podcast so we can help more people think differently about their money and their life. If you've got any thoughts, comments, or questions on any of the matters discussed, or life and money generally, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Ruth Sturkey. Of course, the conversations with my guests are not intended as advice. My intention is to merely share our guests' money and life experiences to entertain, educate, and inform you. Any form of investing involves risk, and the value of your investments may go down as well as up. So please do speak with a financial planner before making any investments to make sure they're the right ones for you. Thank you.